you're here today, I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you will, and find the book of 1 John near the back of your Bible, the book of 1 John, chapter number 2. Find that place in your Bible, if you will. And this will be our point this morning. Good to see you all coming in little by little as the service progresses. As John is encouraging the church that was in the city of Ephesus because they're dealing with false teachers, the teachings of Gnosticism, which gave men a false Christ, a Christ who is not God manifested in the flesh, but a created being, a being who uh, did not come to save men from their sins, but to give men a spiritual enlightenment to teach them how to elevate themselves to have a better way so that they can become better people and then go on to the next phase and, and break the bonds of earth, which again is, it's Gnosticism is nothing but Satanism. It's just a flat-out lie. But it was a popular teaching back in Bible days and church members were being persuaded by it. And the book of Colossians written by Paul was written to the church in Colossae to deal with the topic of Gnosticism. And, uh, and talk about who Christ is. John wrote 1 John dealing with it, and again, telling that Christ came and how he paid for our sins. Jesus Christ is the sin bearer of the world, and that men can have forgiveness of sins through Christ, who, who's God. Not a God, not a created being, but God manifested in the flesh. Now, as he's going through here, and he's encouraging the church, and you when you understand Gnosticism, you'll understand more of 1 John. It'll make more sense to you. Why is he explaining these things? Like, we know these things. Well, again, the first century church did not. And it appears here we are in the 21st century church, and we're still dealing with the same things. Because there's a lot of isms and schisms out there that give you a false Jesus, not the Jesus of the Bible. And again, many people have what they think. Well, this is how I feel. Well, this is what I think. Well, it doesn't matter how you feel or think. It's, it depends, it, 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 all that matters is what the Bible says. Amen. What does Scripture say to be true? And that's where we base our Bible and our, our teachings on. It's doctrine that, that matters, and, and we have to have right doctrine. Now, John has encouraged the church here, and we saw last Sunday how he's told them in verses 15 through 17 how they're not to love this world system because we're different. We've been saved by the grace of God. We've experienced forgiveness. And, 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 and we're not to love the thing that has made us sinful or, or, or kept us from God. You would not invite a murderer back into your house who killed some of your family members and have them come back into your house only for the, the chance they might kill some more. Why would you escape the world through Christ and want to go back into it when it already damaged you and hurt you and yet you're going back to it? We want to stay away from it. Our goal is to pull people out of the world and to rescue them from this world. Now, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. And that's the key difference. We have to walk in it. We have to see things. We have to hear things. But we're to be different as we walk through this life. And he has some things to, he's going to encourage them next about waywardness, about walking away and following things that are not true. 
And he's, he's trying to help them with those who have strayed from the faith. Throughout the years of ministry here, people say, Pastor, what happened to so-and-so? Well, they don't come to church anymore. Well, where are they? Well, they're, they're, they live in the area, but they don't. Well, why? They just, things happened in their life, and they, they walked away from the Lord. Different things happen. People get mad at God. Many people mad at God. They think God gave them a fair shake. And, and when I look back, I think, no, God was fair. You just didn't listen to anything God had to say, and, and now it's God's fault. You blew through all the stop signs because you got T-boned in the intersection. Somehow it's, it's God's fault. No, you didn't do what God told you to do. But in Christianity, you're going to find people who, who stray, who walk away. And John is dealing with the church here and trying to encourage them with those who have gone wayward and those who maybe are in false cults and false, false teachings. And remember, back in the 21st century, or the first century, I'm sorry, uh, there weren't as many Christian things as there are today. There's a lot of, Jesus talked about a parable about birds nesting in a tree. And there's a lot of strange birds nesting in the Christian tree, so to speak. And just because they're in the Christian tree doesn't make them Christian, so to speak. Back then there weren't so many. You know, you're, you're dealing with paganism and, and then there's Christianity and then now you get these offshoots starting to come off of Christianity. He says in verse number 18, Little children, it is the last time, as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that this is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that it might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have, written, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that, ye hath, that he hath promised us even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. And pay attention to verse number 26 because there's a lot of things in life trying to seduce you. When we think of seduction, usually it's an essential sense, but this is something to seduce you to get you to believe something that's not true, to get you to believe something under the umbrella of Christianity that's not really Christian at all. Verse 27, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but that the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is true, and is no lie, even as he hath taught you. Ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence, and be not ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Father, bless the time, bless the hour now. Bless all the things that are going on here next door. 
with the young people, downstairs with the toddlers and the nursery. And uh, bless now in this service and speak to our hearts. May the Spirit of God have free course and reign and give us ears to hear what you, the blessed Spirit of God, has to say. And if anybody's not saved, help them understand the gospel, no matter where they are in gospel light today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as John is writing here, he's given this exhortation concerning those who have gone astray from the faith. And John has some strong words to say in this because he's letting you know that these people who have left the church are charlatans. They never really were Christians to begin with. He says in verse number 18, he uses the phrase there that um, this is the last time. It is the last time. Now, the last time is, it's, what does he mean by that? And there's a lot of times in the Bible we see the word last times or last days. And, and what exactly is he referring to? Now, John wrote this some 2,000 years ago, 1,900 years ago, this was written. And so what he's letting us know here, the term rendered last time, it's okay, all good. That's the problem with having a Bible app. Amen. You may get a commercial on there. <laughs> Whose relative is this? <laughs> now, um, he's letting you know that the term last time does not refer to the end of the world or end of times, but it's, it's referring to a period preceding a crisis. Something's about to happen. Something's about to come, and this is the last time I can warn you because we're about to be in the middle of something. It's like the ship is about to go down. This is the last time I'm giving you a warning to get on the lifeboat because soon you're going to be underwater. So when John writes this, he's saying, this is the last time I can warn you because this thing's going to hit us full steam. The storm is, up, is just about upon us. You're driving down the highway and you see the black cloud in front of you. It's like, man, that's a bad cloud. And you know... In just a matter of minutes, you're going to be in this, we call them, uh, you know, monsoonies. You know, you're going to be one of them massive downpours. You almost have to pull over on the side of the highway because you cannot see. The rain is so bad, no matter how high you put those wipers on. This is the last time because it's about to hit us. This idea of false teachers and Gnosticism and everything I'm warning you about. And the church was going to face, and we know from history that the church did face great problems during that time period. And because Satan always wants to destroy that which God makes. And whatever God establishes, Satan wants to counterfeit and, and give us false things. Many of you remember years ago, McDonald's, and you can hate McDonald's, but remember they, they used to have milkshakes, real milkshakes, and then they came out with the, the, the fake milkshake. It wasn't real ice cream in there, but it tasted, they said tasted like ice cream. And we all got a milkshake at McDonald's. We weren't drinking a ice cream milkshake. It was, you know, chemical shake. And eventually they went back to the using real ice cream again. But you weren't getting the real thing with that milkshake. Well, this is the same way in Christianity. You're getting something that looks like it, may smell like it, and even have the same consistency and thickness, but it's not the real thing. And so the church is going to face, and he talks about here the, the, the type of antichrist that are going to come. Now, the people that John refers to here, he calls them antichrists. We see this again in verse number 18. 
that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know this is the last time. Now, someday there will come a man on the scene that God calls Antichrist. He is a man who will be possessed by Satan. He will rule a ten-nation confederacy forming a one-world government with a one-world currency. Uh, that is still yet to come. There is the Antichrist. We do not know who he is. And don't speculate wondering who he is and trying to figure out. He may be very much alive today, but he's not the Antichrist. The Antichrist does not become the Antichrist until he becomes possessed by Satan. And that has not happened yet because there's not a one-world nation forming on the horizon just yet. It could happen overnight, but it's not happening just yet. Things are getting close. So John is not referring to the Antichrist, but he uses it in the plural sense here. He talks about Antichrists. These are people that are anti-Christ. They're, remember, the, the Antichrist himself, what's the goal of the Antichrist? To deceive people to think that he is Christ. He wants people to think that he has all the answers and, and this is Christ. That's why Jesus warned when if somebody comes along and says, here is Christ, there is Christ, don't believe them. Because when I come, you'll, you'll know it. So don't listen to these people. And in the world today, we have many different antichrists, people who claim to do work in the power of Christ or to be Christ themselves. They're David Koresh types and all these men who claim to be Christ. They're deceivers. And he's letting us know here that, the, the, that these antichrists, that where, they, where are they? Well, they, they rise up in the church. They're, in, they're, they're amongst us. I'm not saying amongst us here, but they, but they are. They are that, that's where they sprout out of. Charles Russell, Charles Taz Russell, the man who started the Watchtower Association, grew up in church. But the doctrine of hell terrified him. And so he changed it. And he changed the deity of Christ and started the Watchtower Association, changed a lot of things. But Charles Russell grew up in, a, in, in church. He didn't grow up out there in, in Buddhism and, and paganism and atheism. He grew up in church. And, and, and so many other cults, they, somebody grew up in church. They were antichrists. Somebody who sat under the preaching and said, you know what? I don't like this. Let me change it. So the, the, the main antichrist does not deny Christ, but endeavors to pass himself off as Christ. These antichrists that John is referring to do not claim to be Christ, but what they're doing is they deny the truth about Christ. That's not what the Bible says. This is what the Bible teaches. And this is, and this is what you need to know. And, they, and so these antichrists, these people who, who grow up in the church, not claiming to be Christ, but changing Christ, whom John is warning about. Again, it goes back to Gnosticism. And these people in church, are, they're, they're, they're giving you a different Christ. And it's not the same one I knew the one whom I laid my head upon his breast at the supper time, the one whom I touched and heard and, and listened to. It's not the same one. And you need to know that. And he says in verse number 19 how they went out from us. They went out from us. These antichrists had deceived believers 
by belonging to their assemblies, but eventually they left. Why? Because they're not true believers. Now, I'm not saying that everybody who ever leaves this church is an antichrist. That's not the case. People have left this church for various reasons, and, uh, and mostly because sometimes because of doctrinal issues, but some of the doctrinal issues doesn't, they're still Christians. They just, we just agree on some things. So don't think I'm, you know, everybody who ever left here is a bad person. They're not. But people do leave good churches because their doctrine changes. And we've had people get up in the middle of services and walk out on me because I was preaching something the Bible thought, and they, they were being deceived by somebody else through the Internet. <laughs> Always be careful of the Internet, my friend. Every, every strange bird is on the Internet and, and, and has an audience. Be careful of that. I'm on the Internet right now, but uh, there we are. If they had been true believers, John says, they would have no doubt continued with us. And again, read verse number 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. That means they're not saved. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. He said, when they went out, they started this little group and this other organization, and, and we look at their doctrine and said, well, that's not what we teach over here, but that's what they teach over there. Obviously, they were not on the same page with us. So they left and, and formed their own little group out there. And again, it, it's, it's apostasy. What did he say in verse number 26? That these things have I written unto you that concerning them that seduce you. The purpose of antichrists are to seduce you to believe something that's not true. To get you to believe a false teaching. That they may have their own little following, their own little group. So again, they went out from us. These, they left the, the place of faith where Jesus Christ is embraced to go out into something else. He talks here about in verse, those who are liars. Look at verse number 22. Who is a liar? But he that denieth Jesus is the Christ. The word Christ means anointed. It means Messiah. And understand that the Messiah is, is God. God is the one who's going to rescue Israel. God's going to do that. God's not going to trust that with an angel or some being. God is the hope of Israel. God is the Savior. God is the Redeemer. And so when we have Christ, who is Jesus Christ? Well, according to John, what he wrote in his gospel... He's the eternal word who was made flesh. He was with God and he was God all at the same time. Matthew calls him Emmanuel, which is God with us. So God is the Savior of Israel. And so in John's writings now, you've got to be careful with these people who, who try to tell you they believe in Jesus, but it's not the same Jesus. We all may be using the same words, but we've got a different dictionary. And that's the problem. Our dictionaries are not matching up. Who's a liar? And again, this issue is the cause for separation. These antichrists denied the truth about Jesus. And that means they denied the truth about Jesus was the Messiah. And many Jews, remember he's dealing with Jewish people, but this is in Turkey. And so there were Jews in this area as well as Gentiles. But many of these Jewish people there did not believe Jesus Christ to be the Messiah. 
And so they packed up and they left and started their own little group. There's a lot of, you, know, you, you ever go drive down the street, you see a church, what, oh, it's a beautiful building. What, what is that building? Oh, Unitarians. What exactly is a Unitarian? Well, a Unitarian is a, it's, everything goes, basically. It's what it is. It's like, whatever. But they, in a Unitarian church, uh, they deny the, the Father and the Son. It's a whole hodgepodge of beliefs, but it's, it's not Bible. They have a cross on the building, but there's this denial in it. These antichrists that John is talking about here, they're against Christ. They do not pretend to be Christ, but are against him, and they show up by denying the important truths about his person. Who is the person of Christ? That's why John, in chapter 1, goes to a great length to talk about who Christ is and what he does. What's the purpose of Christ? And we know the purpose of Christ, according to the Bible, is to, to be our Savior, to do what we could not do, to pay for our sin debt, and, and to save us from that. And those who come along and say, well, no, not really, and, and, and tell you something else, in your heart and mind, you say, this is an antichrist. This is an antichrist. Not the antichrist, but this is an antichrist. And I need to be careful of this person. We, 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 there is no fluctuating on the person of Jesus Christ. It's not up for debate. There are things in Christianity we can say, you know what, well, it's not a fundamental. We can, we can, we can agree to disagree on that point because it's not going to change my eternal soul. There are fundamentals, but there are some things we do which are not fundamentals. It's eschatology, the study of the second coming of Christ. And, you know, we, we have our belief system. But if a man believes that Jesus Christ comes at the beginning of the tribulation or a man believes that Jesus Christ comes in the middle of the tribulation, that's not a fundamental. You can, you can still be a Christian and go to heaven and, 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 and believe in the pre-wrath or mid-trib view. Some guys are post-trib. They believe Jesus is returning at the end of the tribulation. There's no rapture. And, and, and again, it's not a fundamental. I don't believe any of that, but, I, but I'm, uh, I'm friends with guys who believe that, and I won't let them preach in our church, but they, they, I, they, because I'm very careful with what we allow to come into the pulpit, unless they slip something in here, and people go, what was that all about? And I don't, I don't feel like dealing with, with it later on. So this is what we believe. You want to believe, then you can preach in your own place, but this is what we believe. But I, well, there's fundamentals. We're not going to compromise on the deity of Christ. We're not compromising on the virgin birth of Christ. We're not compromising on the substitutionary death of Christ. We're not compromising on the bodily resurrection of Christ. We're not compromising on the blood atonement of Christ. Those are fundamentals you must have in order to be a true Christian. Or you're not one at all. You're a fake McDonald's milkshake. That's all you are. You still get that suction effect where you're Face is imploding as you're trying to get the up the straw, but it's not the real thing. I don't know about you, by the way. Half the time I'm just taking the straw and just eating it with the straw because you can't get that thing up there anyway. But seeing how I'm, I'm so healthy, I don't eat those things anymore. I stick with Wendy's. Flo uh, flo what are those things called? Frosties, amen? Probably <laughs> good amen on those. <laughs> Thank you. 
So John is, again, writing here and encouraging them about their departure and what's going on with their lives. Now, he's giving them wisdom. Now, the next step is, next warning is very important. So he's telling you about the Antichrists, what they teach, what to be careful of. And the problem with a false teacher is a false teacher comes along and says, you have to listen to me. I was, you know, being laid up with my my knee the way it was, I had a lot of downtime, so I was on my phone a lot because the TV was driving me crazy, and, I, and you can only read for so long, and, and so I'm, you, you get on your phone, and you start going through these things, and different preachers, and, and one lady, I had a revelation last night, and in my dream, Jesus came down and picked me up and hung me over the earth, and uh, here we go, and he gave me this special revelation and Jesus showed me something. And everybody's, oh. I'm like, lady, Jesus hasn't showed you anything. If he's going to hang you over anything, it's, gonna, it's hell. And letting you know you need to repent and get born again. But he's not. And, 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 and he's got some special wisdom. She's got special wisdom that as this teacher, she's going to impart to. Because the, the minions in, in, in the audience don't have what she has. She's got special insight. And by the way, there's guys out there the same thing. God showed me something last night. Listen, I had some strange dreams when I was, especially the first week of my sur after surgery, I, the, the medication, I, I mean, I had some psychotic bad dreams. I woke up, but it wasn't a revelation from God. It was a revelation from Big Pharma that uh, met, messed with my brain <laughs> while I was trying to sleep at night. But it wasn't God. And so a teacher comes along and says, I got something you don't. You need to listen to me. I got a special revelation. Just close your book because you, you just threw it away. You, you threw away your, your only lifeboat to listen to some nut job who's going to give you some special revelation. This is what he's trying to encourage us here. He says in verse number 20 of this verse, he says, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Now let me tell you this, unction has an old-fashioned word. And it simply means you have an anointing. Don't get excited like you, oh, I got an anointing. This is not something, no, it, 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 let's boil it all down. He, basically, he's, what John is saying is you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within you. That's what he's talking about. So you don't have this special unction that makes you special. No, everybody who's been born again has the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within them. And he's trying to let them know, and in a nutshell, I'm going to repeat this. I'm trying to say it now before I run out of time later on, is that you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within you, and you have a perfectly preserved Bible. That's what you need. You don't need some special revelation teacher coming along to deceive you. And, and letting you, taking you out into left field. I forget when it was, maybe it was the 80s, maybe it was the 90s, that, that people, they thought that they were, the comet was coming by and they all were going to hop on board the comet and they all committed suicide by their cult leader so they could all hop on board the comet that was passing by. I forget the name of the group and it was sad to see these people that committed mass suicide to hop on board a comet. I don't know about you, the, the idea of hopping on a comet doesn't really thrill. I, I don't want to get on a ball of fire and fly around outer space. I got other visions of grandeur. I'd rather be Captain Kirk flying around than being riding on a comet. 
So this is not what God wants for us. And other groups out there doing all kinds of crazy things. You see, every now and then they manifest themselves because they have a leader that they all surrender to. David Koresh, I mentioned him earlier, down there in Waco. He lifted himself up. He had special unction from God. And everybody needed to listen to him. And, 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 and basically, the, 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 the people were so brainwashed that they even surrendered their wives and their daughters to that man. He said, how can people do that? How can highly intelligent people do that? Because they threw away their Bible. They threw away their Bible. That's how. They had this unction from high. Again, again, two things are here. You have something to help you. He says in that verse number 20, ye know all things. It's kind of a complicated statement, but what he's letting you know is you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within you. You have the one inside of you who knows all things. Therefore, you don't need some antichrist come along who tells you he knows something else. You understand? Every Christian has the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within you. Take your Bibles. Keep a bookmarker here. And I want you to go to John's Gospel. John's Gospel. Now, Jesus Christ is meeting with his disciples in the upper room. He's ready to be arrested in a few hours, and he's going to be crucified. So he's meeting with his disciples, trying to encourage them, and he gives them wisdom here. He says in verse number 15 of chapter 14, 1450, excuse me, If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that shall abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and what shall be in you? You see, when you get saved, you got the comforter dwelling within you, who is the Holy Spirit of God. And my Bible teaches me that he is what? He's, my, he's there to teach me. He's the spirit of truth. He's not going to let me believe lies. Now, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of God, works through the Bible. God, speak to me. God, speak to me. God, speak to me. Read your Bible, dummy. That's how I'm speaking to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not, oh, I was transported above the earth and, and, and saw things. And, and, and I was taken to heaven. And, and there God said, no, stop with that nonsense. Preacher, there's a boy said he died and he went to heaven. What do you think about that? I think it's garbage. <laughs> I think it's garbage. By the way, one kid said he went to heaven. They wrote a book about it, made a movie about it later on. The kids said, hey, I lied. I made it up. Yeah. Everybody's like, but he went to heaven. It's like, dude, you hear he, he said he lied. No, oh, he went to It's like you lose your mind sometimes. It's like, how, how deceived can you be? God speaks to you. The Holy Spirit of God speaks to you through the word of God. When you're reading your Bible and you don't understand something, what do you do? I call the preacher. Well, you can do that. I might not answer. Or I may tell you, I don't know. <laughs> it's just always a, a, within the realm of possibility, by the way. Or I can wax bold and eloquent for 10 minutes and 
speak in circles and, and say, you understand, and you'd be too afraid to say no and say yes, and we all hang up. I wouldn't do that, but that's how my math teacher operated. All right? So, <laughs> so or you can go online. Hey, Siri, what does this Bible verse mean? Then you get, get every lunatic on the, on the Internet giving you an answer. Or you can be a Christian <laughs> and bow your head and pray. Hey, Siri, now the stupid thing's talking to me. Shut up, woman. All right? <laughs> Where was that noise coming from? It's my, <laughs> it's my AI following me around here. <laughs> Where's the oil? Cast <laughs> the demons out of this thing. So, where was I, Brother Keston? Where was I going? <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> bow, yes, thank you. You bow your head and you say, Blessed Comforter, Spirit of Truth, I'm reading this verse. And I confess, I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> Can you help me? Now, he just may give you some revelation and help you th- as you read. Or the answer may come on Sunday. Or it may come throughout the week. But the answer will come to you because he's just, he wants to help you. Oh, he don't help me. Maybe you've never asked him. <laughs> Maybe you've never asked for help. And if you don't ask for help, you don't get help. Verse number 26 of chapter 14. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall, what? Teach you all things and, and, bring, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, people, there's two applications here. Either this is, means just for these disciples here, or is it for the whole entire church age? And I think this is for those disciples and the church age. If I put the Word of God in me, the Holy Spirit of God will bring it out later on. Spirit of God, help me with that Bible verse. Did you read it, memorize it? No, then I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to put it in you. You got to read it. You got to read your Bible. You got to read your Bible. So I don't understand. Just read it. You're putting it in you. You don't realize it, but you're putting it in you. And, and, and later on, the Spirit of God will pull it out when it needs to be pulled out. He also goes on in these verses and he, he talks more. He says in chapter number uh, 16, chapter 16. Verse number 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. And if I, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And verse number 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he, he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And so the, one of the purposes of our Comforter, our our friend who dwells within us is to, to be our teacher. So when we go back to what John is referring to here in John's gospel, in John's uh, letter, his epistle here, he says, you have an unction, in chapter 2, verse 20, from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Now, in the book of Ephesians, without taking time to turn there, he's telling the church that in the church he gave some apostles, some pastors, some teachers. So does it mean that we do not need pastors and teachers anymore simply because we have the Holy Spirit of God? No. God gave us pastors and teachers to help instruct us. The warning is when a pastor or teacher takes himself and rises himself up to some special revelation person and knows things you do not know or have access to. 
I do not have access to anything that you do not. We, we, we all have same access to the same thing. All we've got to do is open the book. That's why we want you to carry a Bible and use your Bible. This is because we all are on the same page. I'm not some special revelation person, and he has a special unction. No, we all got that unction. It's called the Holy Spirit of God. And the more we surrender to him, the more he'll use us. So one person may be more knowledgeable and more used of God simply because they have given it all to Christ, while the other person over here is still struggling to do all that. But John is letting you know that, listen, be careful of these people who come along, these antichrists who tell you they got stuff that you don't know, when you do know it because the Holy Spirit of God knows all things and he's dwelling within you. Now, they didn't have their Bible yet. They didn't. They had the Old Testament, but they... The Bible's still being written, and, and what books were written are, are fragmented all over the, the, the world at that time. The Bible had not been pulled together to the, the 27 books of the New Testament. So they needed pastors, good pastors and good teachers, who could instruct the people, but also teach them, listen, you, you have this within you as well. And so a good pastor or a good teacher will never elevate himself better than anybody else. We're all... We've all been saved by grace. But God has helped me to learn some things. Let me teach you what I have learned. Again, going back to sitting on my phone and watching things, eventually I had to turn, even turn the phone and said, this is wasting my time too. Is these, you know, I, 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 these tongue jabblers out there, these, they, it all sounds the same after a while. It's all shamalala, shamalakalakala, shama, shama, a lot of shama going on. It's like that Sham Wow commercial years ago, you know. Sham, I'm, I'm sitting there, Shamalama Ding Dong, you know. <laughs> and who put the bop in the bop shabop? And who put the ram in the ram -lam -a -ding? It's like, what, what is this? Some of the old folks know what I'm talking about around here. That, that song, but and one lady, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, and she went up to Shamala, Shamala, and everybody, woo! <laughs> what happened? Anybody learn anything? Did we get edified? No, you said, wow, she's got something I don't. She's better than I am. Or he's better than I am because I don't have that. And that's not what God wants. It's not what God wants. So, John, letting you know that you know the truth. Verse number 21. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Now, who is truth? It's, well, the Spirit of God is called truth. Jesus Christ is called truth. God is called truth. The Bible's called truth. Well, who's truth? All of them. It's the truth. There's no such thing as your truth, my truth. There's truth. You know the truth. Again, that which is the Holy Spirit helps you to learn a spiritual truth. The Holy Spirit of God does not teach error. He will not. If you come and they say, Pastor, the Holy Spirit of God convinced me uh, of, uh, that, uh, uh, that this is okay when the Bible clearly says it's not, you have been deceived. Because the Holy Spirit of God will never go against the Scriptures. Never. And, and, and the thing is, he never outright, the, the deceiver never comes out and, and denies the Scripture right away. He gets you to just believe a little lie and then gives you a, a big chunk of truth over here, but the lie is attached to it. And just take the whole thing and throw it out. Just take the whole thing and throw it out. And have you ever opened the bread and find some mold on it? Anybody like me just look at it and tear the moldy piece off and go ahead and eat the rest of it? <laughs> no? 
<laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> when there's no bread left, I'm like, look, the rest of it looks good. And, uh, <laughs> and this penicillin, by the way, does not help me out in life, amen? It's going to get a two-fold effect here. Who needs Pfizer when you got moldy wonder bread? Now, <laughs> my friend, really what you just do is you take the whole thing and throw it out. Because it's, we were growing up, I told you this story before, didn't I tell you, growing up as a kid, when we were eating bread one night, we had hamburgers and we were using Wonder Bread. That's how we rolled. <laughs> Six kids, we couldn't afford the, the, the buns this time, I guess. My parents were struggling. My brother's eating, he goes, Dad, there's something in the bread. My dad says, that's a raisin from when they make the raisin bread. We're all looking at it like, that ain't no raisin. Raisins don't have legs. <laughs> Somewhere in the process, they, something got in the Wonder Bread. So my mom threw my mom looked at the entire loaf, she threw the whole loaf out because something it wasn't it wasn't a raise. My friend, listen, Satan comes along and he he throws a raisin in the bread. Raisin. And we're like, it's all good. No, it's not. Just throw it out. Just throw it out. I was got a donut from Tony you love this story. I got a donut one time from Dunkin' Donuts. I ever tell you this one? I think I told you this one. I'm eating it one time with Bavarian cream, and I look down, I'm like, This one I had good eyes. I'm like, looks like a leg. <laughs> Squeezing the rest of the donut. <laughs> Didn't see the rest of them. A little protein in the old Bavarian cream that day. It was all good. Ain't throwing out a good donut. Now, <laughs> this is why I never get sick, by the way. All right, this is you know, some you get every disease that comes down the pike. And here I am, all these, I just fall apart with, with body parts, but the rest of me is okay. Now, I'm just letting you know, a normal person, not me, would throw the whole donut out. Something was in there. Now, we may do that with our bread, we may do that with our donuts and everything else, but my friend, when it comes to scriptural truth, though, I want you to know, I, somebody comes along and says, well, here's something, and, but, no, 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 we're just going to throw that whole thing right out the window. But the whole church, the whole shooting match, we're throwing it all out the window. It's, 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 there's a lie in there. And it's deceptive and it's wrong. We cannot trust it. And the whole thing must be thrown out. Why? Because no lie is of the truth. There's no lie in anything God says. So when somebody comes along and tries to tell you about Christ and, and twists it a little bit, no, that's not of God. And the Holy Spirit of God inside of you should be telling that's not of God. And your Bible's telling you that's not of God. And so you have two things warning you that it's not of God. Be careful of these antichrists who come after you. Amen. They're having a good time downstairs. Now, maybe they have one of them donuts I'm talking about. Now, we see here in these verses, again, he talks about the anointing in verse 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and, and no lie. And even as it taught you, ye shall uh, abide in him. Again, he's not saying you don't need teachers. He's simply saying you don't need teachers who are going to tell you something that's special and you don't know about and can never know this because they are, have this special knowledge. No, you have the Holy Spirit of God. I'm not giving you any special revelation this morning. I'm just repeating scripture. 
I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And you should, that's why you have your Bible. Say, yeah, this is what the book says. And so I'm, and I'm letting you know that we can be careful with this. And he encourages us in our walking. In verse 20, we're closing out. He says in verse 25, and, and this is the promise that you have promised us even eternal life. Verse 28, and now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. So there's our walk. Because we belong to Christ, we will walk differently. He gave us the warnings in verses 15 through 17 about loving the world. But he said, now because you're righteous and you know the truth, it causes you to walk differently. Renee and I were down and we had to go to Jersey City the other day. And we were driving through, went through South Kearney down a fish house road and out one and nine. And we went across the bridge. And I said, this is the bridge where those police officers went off on New Year's Eve several years ago. They came to Kearney for an emergency, and then they got back in their car, and they headed back to Jersey City, not realizing that the bridge was up. The gates did not come down, and they, and they went flying off the, the bridge and landed into the Hackensack River and died. There's a big sign bearing the two police officers' names, named after them. And I remember that when that accident happened, probably 10, 15 years ago. But they went off, into that, and, and you look, and you say, well, it's not that deep. It's not that far down, but... Something happened, a car flipped upside down, knocked unconscious, and they drowned the dear men. And it's a sad thing that something like that would happen to them because the, the gates did not work, warning them. Well, my friend, we have warnings in Scripture. We got the warnings of the Word of God. We got the Holy Spirit of God who dwells within us. And the, and the, and the more you get in this book, the more you'll know His warnings inside of you, letting you know something's wrong. This is not right. Be careful with this. We have this concept. We're going to walk differently now. So everyone that doeth righteousness. Again, Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, speaking about antichrists and false teachers, how do you know the antichrists and the false teachers? What did Jesus say? You shall know them by their fruits. You know them by their fruits. Again, I'm not a big horticulturist, but I know an apple tree when I see one. No peach tree when I see one. Doesn't take much. That's an apple tree. How do you know? Got apples on it. <laughs> there you go. That does it. Don't ask me what kind. I just know it's an apple. That guy is producing bad fruit. He's saying things that are not so. And, and, and saying things that are not right. So again, when we judge righteous judgment, we do it according to the scriptures. So John, again, warning the church about false teachers, these antichrists, and, and how does he tell them to, to be careful? You know the truth. There's no truth out there that is not, cannot be revealed to you because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Somebody else is not going to have something more to give to you. Now, what I give you is something that you may not have learned yet. That's all I give you. But it's simply out of this book, not some, I had a dream last night, and in my dream, and give you some crazy. You know the truth, and the truth sets us free. Let's stand together for prayer. Father God, we do thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for Christ who loved us and died for us on Calvary's cross. Now, bless these dear people. Thank you for the local church, the fellowship and bond we have with one another. 
the songs have been sung, the Word of God taught, and children have been educated and, and uh, heard about Jesus today. May we desire to love him, serve him, and know him, no matter what strikes us, no matter what comes across our path. May we be faithful to him and stay true to the word, which is our light and a lamp to our feet. Bless.